Today is Tuesday. It's the 18th of February, 2020. Sayadaw's talk today to the meditators who are practicing metta meditation is about the metta aircon. In the world, there is white and there is black. Or else, there is heat and there is cold. There is dark, darkness, and there is light. There is depth, and there is height. Or there is um, the quality of fat or slim. So there are these uh, opposite things, these opposite states. So as there is darkness and light, for example, when the darkness disappears, then there is light. Or there is black and there is white. So when the black disappears, there is the opposite. Or when it is hot and you want to feel cold or cool, then you could splash yourself with water. There is the heat produced by the weather, or there is heat produced by a fire. And if you want to escape the heat, then you have to extinguish the heat of a fire with water and to escape the heat produced by the weather, you can turn on a fan 
or you can turn on the air conditioning. And likewise, in the Dhamma, we have states which are experienced as hot or burning, and there are states experienced as cool. So there are those states which feel hot and burning, and what are these states? These are the hindrances, the nivarana. And those states which are experienced as cool, these are, uh, for example, metta and the other brahma-viharas. So in the world, when there is the heat produced by a fire or by the weather, what do you do? So when it is hot uh, because of the weather, when the weather is hot, when it is, yeah, when the sun is shining and it's hot, what do you do? <laughs> yes, one can take a hand fan, or one can turn a fan, or one can turn on the air conditioning. If one is exposed to too much heat, that um, can even result in, uh, in death, dying from the heat. So, in the year 2008, there was a cyclone uh, happening here in Burma, Cyclone Nargis. And before the Cyclone Nargis happened, about one week before it happened, it was very hot. At that time, Sayadaw was in his village and he was conducting 
the so-called Buddhist cultural course for the kids in the village. And this Buddhist cultural course uh, was 10 days. And during that time, um, seven elderly people died in the village, like grandmothers, grandfathers. Because yeah, it was too hot for them, and in the village, they didn't have a fan to turn on, they didn't have aircon. So when it is very hot, and if one has not the opportunity to use a hand fan or another fan, or if one has not the opportunity to turn on the air conditioning, then uh, one may die on account of this heat. So when it is hot, speed, uh, hot heat produced by the weather or by a fire, so we have to uh, substitute it with coolness or we have to prevent it with coolness from getting hot. And so likewise, meditators, when they practice meditation and when the nivaranas, the hindrances, uh, arise in the mind, and these nivaranas are those states that burn, that are hot, and so meditators then either should prevent in the first place these nivaranas or hindrances to arise, or else when they have arisen to, uh, to make them disappear by, uh, by coolness. So when these nivaranas, these hindrances arise, 
or if they have not yet arisen to prevent them from arising, what can we do? How can we prevent them from arising? How can we overcome them or how can we abandon them? It is by the practice of the four Brahma Viharas. So in this way, then one will be able to live calmly, peacefully. So if one does not prevent these hindrances, the nivaranas from arising, or if one does not abandon them after they have arisen, then in that case, one would always be burned by these hindrances. One would always feel hot, meaning there would always be um, anxiety, very, uh, and so on. However, if one engages in the practice of the Brahma Viharas, then in that way, one's life will be a calm one, a peaceful one. So we should reflect <clears throat> in a way like, how do I want to live my life? Do I want to live my life with a burning, hot mind, overcome with worries, grief, mental suffering? Or do I want to live my life calmly, happily, and peacefully? And so reflecting on that, then we should choose with which attitude we want to live our life. So if we do not prevent the nivarana, the hindrances from arising, and um, when they arise, if we hold on to these nivaranas, if we cultivate them, then our life, um, then our heart and mind will feel hot and burning, so we won't feel uh, calm and peaceful. There are five nivarana, five hindrances. The first of these hindrances is kama, kama chanda nivarana, meaning 
sensual desire. So Kama Chand, sorry. <coughs> Kama Chanda Nivarana, sensual desire, is for example um, the desire for a nice visual object and holding on to that nice visual object. When one sees something nice, so one um, clings to that, one um, desires for that nice visual object. And likewise, it is with the sounds, the smells, the tastes, and the tangible sensations. When there are pleasant and nice sounds, smells, tastes, tangible uh, objects, so then we get attached to these nice objects, we uh, hold on to these objects, we cling to them, we uh, get carried away and by them and enjoy them. Then the second hindrance is vyapata nivarana. This is ill will or aversion. So the hindrance of aversion or ill will, vyapata nivarana, is the aversion or ill will one has towards a visible object that one doesn't like, that one is repulsed uh, by, and likewise the ill will, aversion that arises when hearing an unpleasant sound, a sound that one does not like. Likewise, ill will, aversion that arises by an unpleasant smell. Ill will, aversion arising by experiencing an unpleasant um, taste or the ill will or aversion that arises when experiencing a touching sensation that is unpleasant, not nice, that one doesn't like. Mm -hmm. 
Then the third hindrance is Tina Mita Nivarana, that's sloth and torpor. So Tina Mita Nivarana is the hindrance of sloth and torpor, and this includes sleepiness or a dull mind, mind that is not clear. The fourth hindrance is Uttacha Kukucha Nivarana, and this is the hindrance of restlessness and remorse. So here there are two mental states taken together. So the first part, Uttacha Nivarana, Uttacha is the restlessness. So a restless mind that is going here and there, the wandering mind, uh, an unstable mind. And the second part, kukucha nivarana, is remorse. So the remorse over something that one has done or not done. So this is, for example, the remorse over something bad, unwholesome, that one has done. And so then one realizes, oh, what I have done was something bad or not good. And so um, one feels remorse on, of the, uh, on account of that. So then one's mind becomes burning. It is the remorse over good deeds that one has not done. So one may reflect, mm, now I'm getting older, or I'm going soon to die, but I have not performed any good or wholesome acts. And reflecting in this way, one is overcome with remorse over these wholesome acts that one has not done. And in this way, the mind is affected by this remorse. So it is burning with remorse. Uh -huh. 
So this kind of remorse can happen um, when one gets old, older, or at times when one's health is not good. So usually when people are still young and when people are healthy, they, um, they just enjoy their life, they indulge in sense pleasures, and it's only when they get older or when they fall sick, when their health is not good, that they start to reflect and think, oh, I have not performed any wholesome deeds in my life. I have not engaged in practicing dana, generosity. I have not kept sila. I have not led a virtuous life. I have not practiced bhavana. I have not practiced meditation. And so in this, this way, they feel remorse. That's kukucha. There is um, a lady, a woman, who has engaged in meritorious deeds such as practicing generosity, offering meals, offering uh, buildings in a monastery, offering medicine for a hospital or a clinic, but uh, this woman has never practiced meditation. And each time when Sayadaw met this woman, he urged her to practice meditation or to practice metta meditation. But each time um, she said, well, not now, tomorrow or next week or next month. And in this way, she didn't get to practice meditation. And she um, then became old, and her health 
was not good anymore. She had high blood pressure. She had diabetes. And she even had a pacemaker. And somehow she put out her back or in her spine. There was something that prevented her from sitting. She could no longer sit. And last year she fell and broke her um, hip, and so she had to have uh, a hip replacement. And after that, then, when Zayadov met her, um, she, she was crying. She was desperate. So then she told Sayadaw, well, Sayadaw, you have uh, repeatedly urged me to practice meditation or to cultivate metta, and I have never done it. I have always postponed it. But now my condition is so bad, I cannot practice meditation. So as she was talking to Sayadaw, she was crying. Uh, she further said, yeah, because of my pain in the back and because of my uh, hip replacement, um, I cannot not walk anymore. So I really, I, I cannot practice uh, meditation. Uh, and she was really uh, sadly crying. So this is Kukucha Nivarana, the hindrance of remorse. So yogis, please be careful that this hindrance of remorse does not arise. But now that you are engaging in the practice of metta meditation, this is an incredible, incredible opportunity. So it's a good opportunity you're here, you're healthy, you have teachers who teach you how to practice, 
and you find uh, suitable conditions here to practice. And also here is a place where you get good food, plenty of food, and good and plenty of drinks. So this is really a very good opportunity or very good circumstances to practice metta meditation. And so finding such a suitable uh, place, suitable circumstances, one should diligently and full-heartedly practice metta. If one does not engage in the practice diligently and wholeheartedly, one will later on regret it. So, kukucha may arise. So later on, when you're either getting old or when, you, when your health is not good or uh, when you are about to die, you may reflect and regret that, oh, at that time when I was at the Chamyemyain Meditation Center, I did not practice diligently and wholeheartedly. And now, because of being too old or of being too sick, too weak, or because I'm about to die, I can, cannot really practice anymore. So I missed this chance, in this way feeling remorse. So if that would happen, then later on, when you are such in a dire situation, then you could call Sayado and invite him to come to you. <laughs> so then Sayado will come. So, if such a situation arises, will arise, neither the Sayado or a Sayado, neither the Buddha can save you. So, nobody can save you. Now, this time here, 
Sayadaw can save you. So now the help that you get from Sayadaw or from Do Viranyani or from Do Ariya Nyani, the help that you get is the instructions, the advice, and the Dhamma talks that you hear. So therefore, um, use this time to practice diligently and wholeheartedly. Then the fifth hindrance is vichikicca nivarana, the hindrance of skeptical doubt. So this skeptical doubt, the vichikicca nivarana, is the doubt regarding one's practice, the practice that was one is engaging in. So a doubt like, is this really the right practice? Or practicing in this way, will it really be beneficial? Will there be benefits of this practice? These kinds of doubts are called vichikicca nivarana, skeptical doubts. Or else the doubt that one doesn't, or doubting that one there will be no benefits of what one is doing. So when one does something, one gets a result. And so doubting that one gets a result when one is doing something, that's also skeptical doubt. Or else, if one has doubts about the fact that if one is doing something good, something wholesome, this will produce a good or wholesome result. Or doubt in regard to if one is doing something bad, doing something unwholesome, one will get a bad or unwholesome result. So if one doubts this, this is also skeptical doubt, vichikicca nivarana. So when one is doing something, one will get something, a result. So is this correct or not? 
What do you think? Yes, yes. Many. Yes, that's correct. So now you are practicing metta, cultivating loving kindness. So is this something that you yourself do or is it something that somebody else does for you? It is something that you do yourself. So cultivating metta, loving-kindness, is something you do yourself. And so it is you yourself that will experience a calm mind or a peaceful mind or a happy mind. This morning, in the interview, a yogi uh, said that cultivating metta, she, she feels the metta here, around the heart or the chest. And and she reported that by cultivating metta in this way, um, she felt like it was spreading uh, from her heart, from her chest, and uh, a lot, um, it, a lot of metta was kind of radiating out from her heart. And uh, Sayadaw said, yes, um, this, is, this is natural. And then Sayadaw said, in the scriptures, metta is described as apamanya, which means illimitable or boundless. So, yeah, this quality of metta is radiating Boundlessly, there are no limits, no boundaries to it. And so, this experience. Um, 
means that through the practice of cultivating metta, the metta has become stronger, it has been cultivated, it has been developed, it has been increased, so that it has become really plentiful, boundless. And Sayadaw asked this meditator um, how she experienced the state of her mind in that moment or at that time. And the meditator said that the mind had become uh, very calm and there was also a happiness. So, by cultivating metta, developing loving-kindness, by engaging in this practice, so doing it oneself, then oneself experiences the happiness, the calmness, the peacefulness. And so this means that what one does, one will get or one will experience the result of it. And another meditator reported that when she was cultivating metta, um, she felt that her face was smiling, and also it felt like uh, something moved up. So this meditator then thought, mm, I have to kind of make my face normal again. And so she, she touched her face. But Sayadaw then told her that there is no need to touch her face with the hand and try to uh, make it normal again. He advised her to simply continue with the metta practice, saying that such an experience can happen during one's metta practice, and that by continuing one's practice, then it would change again. Mm-hmm. 
when Sayado was residing at the Chamir Yeta Center in Mobi, outside of Yangon, and teaching meditation. At one time, there was an Australian monk. So this Australian monk, his name was Uvimala Ramsey, he practiced metta meditation and when his practice went well, um, uh, he had a smile on his face while practicing and sometimes he even laughed out loudly. So sometimes um, he was just laughing, ha, 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 He could not uh, hold back. And a Burmese uh, meditator, a woman, then reported to Sayadaw in her interview that there was this foreign monk sitting in the meditation hall and sometimes laughing loudly. And she said, you know, I don't know uh, why he is laughing, but Sayadaw, is he getting crazy? Is he mad? In the evening, Uwe Ramsey had an interview with Sayadaw, and Sayadaw asked him, Bhante, is it correct that you are laughing during your meditation? And he said, yes, uh, sometimes I laugh. And Sayadaw asked for whom, for what kind of person he was cultivating metta. And he said that he was cultivating metta for a friend. And he further said that by doing, <clears throat> by doing so, it felt as if his mind was entering the body of his friend. He said that feeling that as if his mind was entering his friend's body, then it felt as if his body had disappeared. And he said that when his friend was smiling, so he was smiling as well. 
or when his friend was laughing, then he was laughing as well. So again, this is an example of illustrating that what one does, one will experience, or when one does something, one will experience something, one will experience a result. And so now, you meditators, you are here practicing metta meditation, which means you are doing it yourself, which means that you yourself will experience the result of this practice. So what one does oneself, one will experience, one will experience the result. So if one doubts this, if one has doubt, is this really so or not so, so this is skeptical doubt. This is the vichikicca nivarana. So in this way, there are these five nivarana, the five hindrances. And the, the nature of these hindrances is hot and burning. So if one holds on to these hindrances, if one stores them in one's mind, then on account of that, one's life will feel hot and burning and one will experience all kinds of suffering. And when these five or one of these five hindrances are present at the time of death, then this may result in a rebirth in the lower realms, such as the animal realm, the peta, hungry ghost realm, or the hell realm. That's why we should, in the first place, try to prevent this nivarana, these hindrances from arising, or when they have arisen, we should abandon them. Mm-hmm. 
and how can we abandon these hindrances? We can abandon them with metta. So like when the weather is hot, so we can turn on the aircon to escape the heat. Likewise, when the nivaranas, the hindrances have arisen in our heart and mind, they make the mind hot and burning. So then we could turn on the metta air conditioning. So please install the metta aircon near your heart. So please install or get an aircon here in Myanmar. Install the metta aircon uh, on your heart, near your heart, and take it back with you. So, um, please have the metta aircon that Sayadaw has given you, have it always turned on, and in this way may you be able to live a happy, calm, and peaceful life. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.